What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We're back here. We're doing a weekend one. Uh, we're taking a couple weeks off. Uh, Tom, first of all, great song choice for today. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, man, it's only appropriate given the time. We had to take a little bit of time off. Sean and I are busy, believe it or not, even during this quarantine. Um, and also, we had to take a little time to evaluate how we wanted to go about doing this thing, right? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, we are in, uh, we have a platform where we want to have our voices heard, but some, you know, neither of us are, you know, professional journalists. Neither of us are, you know, people speak for yourself. Who, I mean, yeah, I'll speak for both of us. It's fine. Um, you know, I don't feel like it's something that just because we have the platform, and I know you and I agree on this, that we need to jump into the fray when, you know, so much has gone on that we might not really have the most time to evaluate like you said so i think having a couple days and a few weeks to really go over it you know i think now we feel prepared to do that right yeah um just didn't want to fly off the handle and say anything incorrect or um i don't even want to say insensitive because i think everybody knows which way we lean on this one but i didn't want to be wrong basically yeah and i just think that you know the you learn everybody learns the most by listening and I, I know for myself, and I'm sure you have to listen to a lot. Yeah, just want uh, to take it in, you know. Over the last couple of days, so to also really... want to get some facts behind it because I think if uh, you don't formulate your beliefs and your opinion behind facts, then you're pretty ignorant. Oh yeah, no, and then you know you you see that very often with people who we have conversations with, right? Generally the loudest, most upset people are the ones who know the least and they get frustrated that, you know, they're yeah, or they're running are... the country. <laughs> well, that's, that is absolutely something we will be talking about. <laughs> um, and if you don't like it, that's just in my opinion, entirely too bad. So yeah, maybe you, you should know, skip I... this one and come back when we talk about the game seven, 2016 finals next week, huh? 
Yeah, you know what? That's a very welcomed invitation. I second that wholeheartedly. So, all right, buddy. But you got to hit play and fast forward through, obviously. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's you know, a loyal listener. Help us out. You know, disagree yeah. with us all you want, but help us out. All right, so let's get into this. Um, obviously, everything that has been transpiring in the last month, you know, Breonna Taylor, um, and now, obviously, George Floyd, you know, the culmination of just the hypocrisy of everybody saying that they felt uncomfortable by Colin Kaepernick giving a peaceful knee in response to the anthem when he was promoting police brutality is pretty ironic given the fact that this police officer was choking the last seconds of life out of George Floyd by having his knee on his neck and obviously being a corrupt police officer really brings things together full circle. I want to ask you this. We've witnessed some really bad racial tension. We've seen some terrible things happen. You know, 2014 was a really bad year. We've seen things since then. This feels different to me. I wonder how you feel about that. It feels like some real change might actually happen. Happen is what I'm hoping for. Um, this has been honestly. I don't. I, I don't think I could ever pick a time where this country's been in worse shape than February through June 2020. And I'm really scared, and I don't know where we go from here. I don't know. Um, I do agree that some actual real change is going to come from this, and I think the biggest thing has been the unbelievable response by white Americans who are just as angry... And I'm not going to say that, obviously, that we really totally understand it, but we are fed up. We'll never understand it, bro. We don't don't know the experience. You could be the poorest white dude in America. You still don't experience systematic racism. No, of course not. But the the level of anger and frustration, like, I was legitimately disturbed, sad, angry, where my mood was dictated like for several days last week like i just yeah man me too and and motivation to get up and do things i'm like i can't believe this has happened another emotion you're feeling is not fear in the sense i'm not um we're both let's just you know we'll, we'll just say we're both white but i'm just scared for the state of this country you know and i'm scared for which direction we're going because the guy driving the bus right now is is driving us off a cliff well i've been scared about that for a long time well, yeah, and, absolutely, and I think and we've both expressed it, but I think it's come to quite a head. Yeah, I'm not even scared anymore. Like we're we're in the middle of like this is this is I I really think that there's a potential for a, for an American revolution during our lifetimes because the system appears to not only it, it's not just damaged to the it's point shattered, where we need bro. to it's done, man. I I and you know. There's no way that this man should even be up for re-election. And him using words like domination to talk about how the military is enforcing its its you know power on its own people. I mean, that's straight out of Hitler. That's straight out of Mussolini. That's straight out of Stalin and every dictator. We see that in China right now. Yep. He's not talking about, you know, going to war with other countries. He's going to war with his own. I mean, that's just... that's beyond horrifying we're in the middle of a man that's spent the last several years trying to tear us apart and make us as ununified as ever before and he's accomplished that 
tenfold. You know, and and if I argue with a Trump supporter, which now I usually just, you know, laugh at them because it's at the point where their arguments aren't even totally based off facts anymore, which they never were, but they're talking about the economy. The economy is in one of the worst fluxes since the Great Depression, so they don't even have that on their hands. I know Corona helped that out, but it was coming anyways, given all the student loan debt and whatnot, but that's for another pod, right? Um, But basically just what I say now when it comes to Trump is you can YouTube any speech, just write Trump speech, click on a random one, any of them, every single one of them, he's been dividing people. He's never once tried to unite this country since he started. And I think that no. that's where it starts. And it just it comes down from there to the racism, to the sexism, to everything. Yeah, the dehumanization of people. Like, that's my biggest, you know, issue that I have with this whole thing is, you know, this is not a Republican-Democrat thing. Coronavirus isn't either. This is a human, you know, humanitarian. This is a basic human rights problem Absolutely, that we're man. experiencing from a large population of our country that's not fairly treated, has never been fairly treated. Inherent systemic racism has built this country to the point where you have people in power, prominent positions from your Lindsey Grahams to your Mitch McConnells, all on down those lines of people that not only are unsympathetic, but they're unwilling to listen or do anything for uh, that contradicts their own agendas. Yeah, and I, mean, I just think it's, I think it's pure ignorance that these people can't even open up their eyes. I don't think they want to. I agree I just with don't think you. They care. I just think they're so they're so ignorant to the fact, and it's just like, where do we go from here? Because there's no such thing as pride for this country anymore. I don't have much. No, it's I, I don't gone by the wayside. I mean, I, that was my big thing. I know you and I have talked about it off air plenty, but like, you know, the whole thing with the "Make America Great Again" slogan. America's been great for a very small population of the people throughout its history. Yep. It's not been great for the overwhelming majority. So when you say make America great again, you have to understand and contextualize make what America that's great for once, huh? Means. Yeah, exactly. So you're trying to break, you know, this overarching deep rooted hate, bias, prejudice that's existed throughout the last 250 years of this country and prior to that with colonialization that's impossible to just wipe away when people in power i don't have any interest in doing that and i have to say and i don't want to sit here and talk about trump for too long because you and i both are on the same thing but if one more person says to me that's arguing his side he needs the full eight years just wait the full eight years go fuck yourself Ugh. go fuck it's yourself like I, that he, I, I think anybody that says that should be stripped of their right to vote. I, I, I think that's strong and I think that's necessary. <laughs> Let me of course, I'm question. kidding because that's, again, we're talking about equal rights here and that's a right of every American that hasn't committed a felony. But with that being sure. said. And I said, obviously, tongue in cheek that I agree. But um, when he was elected, you know, we obviously didn't vote for him. We didn't feel good about him. And I don't think either of us were galvanized by Hillary Clinton either. I was going to say, I didn't that. feel great about the other side Neither either. Neither of us are galvanized by Joe Biden either. But 
when I hear the term lesser of two evils, maybe that existed in 2016. That doesn't exist now, right? There's one evil, and yeah. he's in the White House. Yeah, and I'm at the point now where I just want a competent president that can unite this country as opposed to divide it. That's that's it's it's a really low bar. <laughs> To, to, it put is. It, to put it in perspective it's a super low bar but that's what i want in this country and that's what i'm gonna vote for and and that was my biggest thing and when people are talking about this and and what change is going to be made and you know like you and i are young we don't have millions of dollars to go donate and everybody's saying what can you do and i'm like well the least you can do is go out in november and, and cast your vote and let your voice be heard that's like the very least yeah and have conversations like you and i are having you know, we're two white people who live in a very nice area of the country that will never have to deal with a lot of this. But we're talking about it because we have hit a level of being disturbed that, you know, if you're not a human being if you don't feel the way we feel and the way that, you know, we're projecting over this podcast right now. Absolutely. And my thing is at this point, ignorance and silence from people that aren't in the position to have experienced this is complicity at, at, at this point. Totally saying, agree. Saying Absolutely. I don't know or just brushing it under the rug and saying someone else will figure it out is complicity. It is. It's it's you don't want to be part of the solution, therefore you're part of the problem. And I and like I agree with you. There's only so much we can do. But you know what? Go out to a demonstration. Educate yourselves. Listen to intelligent people talk about their side of things. Don't, you know, put people down because you can't understand their opinion. Force yourself to understand their opinion. And I want to segue that over, and I know you're going to have a lot of strong feelings on this, about what Drew Brees' week has been like. Mm. So talk about that. I'm going to let you start off with that one from just his initial comments to his apology to now his response to Trump. Listen, my my first thoughts were I, I don't I don't know Drew Brees, but I inherently don't think he's a bad guy. But if there was a worse time and a worse taste to say something, it was then and there. On I don't know, was he on the Michael K show when he said that? No, 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 no. They, I know he they was on there. The clip, but he was he. I forget the publication originally where he was doing the interview from, but you knew it was calculated for sure. And by the way, before we get into the Drew Brees thing, if anybody does want to donate, I know I like to take credit. I don't want to. I don't like to plug other podcasts too much, but I know I like to take credit for introducing you to the Ringer and Bill Simmons because I did. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, you did. Um, he had a pod that I think anybody that wants to get more information and more facts to listen to on what was it? A little bit, probably a Monday during this week with. Was um, it the one he did with Rosillo? No, it, it was a guy. The next one, right? It was a guy by the name of D E R A Y on Twitter, and he basically um, is heading a lot of these peaceful protests and whatnot. And he's an activist, um, and he came up with um, a lot of good points. And his website is eight can't wait dot org if you want to go ahead and donate to that i think that's one of the better ones out there to donate to where all the proceeds are going to go to the black lives matter cause and basically fixing the policing system in america so if anybody wants to go donate shout out to them um awesome I will, job with that man great call i will um 
I'll retweet it from our Twitter feed. Matter of fact, I'll do it right now. Um, Perfect. Back to, uh, I love it. Back to Drew Brees. So, starting the week, I don't even think we need to give the radio station credit. Don't really remember where he did it from, but he said, what, give me a little synopsis of what he said. Yeah, so he essentially just said, you know, I will never agree with somebody kneeling for our flag. You know, my grandparents are or my grandfather fought overseas in war and came back, and I know what that flag stands for, and people are right to their opinions and can do what they want, but I'll never agree with it, is exactly what he said. Um, I mean, he said it himself. It's not about the flag. The flag is just a symbol. It's always been a symbol, but more now than ever during this protest, it's a symbol. Um, yeah, not good timing and not a really good thing to say right now. Especially when you're playing a very diverse league um, where a lot of people, even his teammates that he's closest with, have gone through things and experienced things when it comes to systematic racism and police brutality. Yeah, I just don't know how to I would say extremely... Yeah, that that was going to be the exact words I said. You took them right out of my mouth. Tone deaf. I mean... And, and then you go, and we can segue into this, and, and like I said um, to you before, most people that are racist are going to blow the whistle on themselves at some point and just say something so blatantly stupid, wrong, and ignorant that it's just going it, to completely defeat – they're going to defeat their own argument. For the woman that in 2016 said shut up and dribble, going back on Fox News saying Drew Brees is entitled to his own opinion – but LeBron and KD aren't, there you go. Nothing else has to be said. And LeBron had an unbelievable response to her. I have it right here. He's quoted as the following. If you still haven't figured out why the protesting is going on, why we're acting as we are, is because we are simply fucking tired of this treatment right here. Can we break it down for you any simpler than this right here? And to my people, don't worry. I won't stop until I see. She's a fucking idiot, and she should never be allowed on any public platform ever again honestly she should be unemployed forever yeah and and that is something where we've seen and i don't like calling for people's jobs but if there's anybody that should be on the fucking bread line it's her you know if you work for fox news if you work for msnbc if you work for any of these companies okay you have a job to do and it's to be you've gone through years and years of education, of training, of learning. Of, like, you have a job to do. Your job is to be smart, intelligent, and and just overall understanding of the moment. And he, she has none of that. She's not a professional. She yeah. might be and, a, in a professional setting, but she's not a professional. She absolutely. doesn't exhibit any of what that word means. And especially when it comes to Fox News, there's a difference between leaning to the right and being a Republican network and being straight racist. And I think it's really sad because I think parties need to be reevaluated, especially after Trump. But the Republican, the diehard Republican Party, and I'm not speaking for it as a whole, but from what I've seen publicly, has gone from just being a party to being a racist party. Well, the coalition, there is this group that's gaining traction, um, and it's called Republicans Against Trump, because there's a large group and sector of the Republican Party that does not believe that he represents the party. I hope and they're not. And they're trying to get him out of it. And listen, the problem I mean, is, is when I you have it... I don't like Go to ahead. talk politics, but I'm registered as an independent because I like to formulate my own opinions, and I don't want to blindly follow a party. 
No, and listen, I think that, you know, you're allowed to have different, you know, different opinions. You used to be. Within your own party, you used to be. We don't have that anymore. And that's because, you know, the the person in office has decided that that's no longer a possibility. If you disagree with him, you know, you know, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example right now. I'll lift the curtain a little bit. You know, my father voted Republican his entire life. Okay, he is as you know conservative, uh, capitalist as they come. In 2016, he did not vote for Donald Trump. He's like he's not a Republican, I, and he disagrees with him in every capacity and is embarrassed. And he'll talk to me about it, and he's like, you know, people say like, wow, it seems like you talk more Democrat. He's like, how have I, how am I ever a Democrat? He's like, I've never been a Democrat, but this guy just changes things. He's like, I'm a Republican, but I'm not a Trump Republican. There's nothing about him that's Republican or follows my views. I'm like, that's such an intelligent stance, I think, to have. I think there's too many people that don't have the ability to Separate. see between the lines. Yeah. I agree with you, and I think I think if they don't have the ability to, they need to be given the ability to and enlighten it. And I hope that the Republicans against Trump or whatever the hell they're called get a larger voice because people need to realize that there is other options out there. A lot of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, but again, with oh, that being said and talking ahead. about systematic racism before we jump back into Drew Brees, I mean... It's really not that hard, and they don't teach us enough about it in American history to see how minorities, specifically black people, have been oppressed in this country since since slavery. I mean, let's be frank. You know, they, they had the Emancipation Proclamation back in what? What year was it, Sean? You're a big history guy. <laughs> in the 1860s. Yeah, right? And then right after that, they get arrested for petty crimes, and now they're free labor because... And they're basically slaves because they got arrested for loitering or some bullshit in prison. Well, you all, you had you had New Jim Crow that took that took place after Reconstruction, and it was essentially implemented where previous slaves, you know, were not going to be able to get an education that was going to help them get jobs in the communities. So, and then following that, they're considered, you know, three fifths or whatever it is, and then. All the way through, they're still being oppressed to MLK and the, and the boycotting of the buses and Malcolm X. Yeah, the Selma marches, yep. Then you fast forward to the 90s with Bill Clinton and, you know, putting all these prison rules in effect, the three-strike rule. When it comes to drugs and whatnot, you have Nancy Reagan, blah, 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 blah. You know, you got mostly African-American men in prison for life for selling, you know, an ounce of crack cocaine or whatever it may be I'm going all the way down and it's funny because they called Bill Clinton the first black president well he put a hell of a lot of them in jail for a bunch of bullshit um, yeah well I mean the big problem is in America is incarceration is a big business and well, it is important for us to have people in jail absolutely and to give you a fact on that one before we move on 5% of um, America is made up of black men. 45% of prisons are made up of black men. I find it hard to believe that, that five, out of that 5%, 45% of them are bad. Yeah, of course they're not. And, I, and again, that's just, it, it's, it's systemic prejudice, racism. Cops in areas who can't relate to them because they've never had to. You know, so you, there's a significant disconnect. And you listen, know, you, I'm you not... I'm I, I'm more I'm I'm against the system. I know there's a lot of good cops out there, but the system is totally broken. 
Well, you know, one big issue is President Obama's administration was implementing programs behind the scenes during his entire eight years that were trying to put more restrictions on cops, particularly police departments in the in the inner cities, because they were just, you know, running rampant. There was too much of this. And of course, because it was an Obama administration program, the Trump administration came in and just wiped it out because it was oh, same as the Barack epidemiologist, Obama. the two biggest things to happen in Trump's reign in presidency <laughs> and they're both right. ruined. And that's something that, you know, like if somebody who is listening still through this and is a Trump supporter is going to be, you know, they're going to immediately be like, what? No, that's a fact. That's not us being pro Obama or anti. That's just a fact. Getting rid of the epidemiology department because you didn't believe that a pandemic resource fund was ever going to be necessary. And of course, no one could have predicted this, but the Bush administration and the Obama administration wanted to make sure that our assets were covered just in case. So, like, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. You're just going to have to get over it. And I understand like, that on. no one could predict it, but people in smart places, a.k.a. fucking scientists, were saying, due to the population and how close the world has become, this shit's going to happen at some point. Exactly. Exactly. But I want to – do you have anything else you want to touch on that before we go back into Breeze, his response to the president and everything like that? No, nah, man, I think I, I think we've said enough. Something needs to be changed. I've shouted out the website. Check out our Twitter, Sorry Sports. It's at Sorry Sports, obviously. I just retweeted the um, the website. You can go and donate if you want to make a little bit of change. Um, I support all peaceful protests, even in quarantine. Um, if you want to get out there with your mask on, go for it. Just be safe. Um, with that being said, I think we've made our made our voices heard. What do you think? agree i echo everything you said great job plugging that website and yeah everybody go check it out um for sure going back to breeze real fast because i i think we can kind of like take away the everything else and that since we've covered it extensively and just talk about him you know one big issue that i have with athletes who you know they and i don't have it with them i guess i have it more with the perception or the, the pressure i'll say on them is if you don't do enough or say enough you're you're standing by as a passerby and if you say too much it's you you know you're an activist and you have a you have every chance you talk right there's a chance for you to fuck up and you know breeze i understand probably wanted to make a voice and what i had the biggest problem with before you know we talk about the apology and subsequent response to trump is he had this opinion 4 years ago so nothing changed in the four years. You say this, you're incredibly tone deaf. You get rightfully eviscerated for it by teammates, by contemporaries in the league, by other um, athletes in the sports world. And then all of a sudden you apologize. What I don't like about it was, at least to me, is it felt very hollow. And I felt a lot better about his response to Trump. But I don't know how you could be have the same opinion for four years have it after five days six days of everybody saying see this is what colin kaepernick was protesting stand by your opinion and then and then say oh i'm sorry what what changed in 18 hours for you bro other than getting shat on well listen i mean i'm not trying to defend drew Brees here because clearly it was an incredibly ignorant comment but maybe it took to get to that point for him to get educated Maybe that's what it took. Well, that's what he said. Yeah. And I'm glad he finally is. And, and welcome to the party, Drew Brees. It's about fucking time. But you know what? <laughs> Honestly, better late than never. And I'm glad that he had a, a teaching moment. 
um, people would call it. And, and at some point he did get educated because he could have just said his little bullshit apology, kept his opinions to himself from now on, and, and ran off, and, you know, flew off into the sunlight or whatever, the moon, whatever they call that when they retire. Right off. There it is. Sunset. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. Right off into the sunset. That's the saying. Got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> he could have done that. But you, you were know halfway what? there, bro. You were halfway there. But you know what? I'm hoping that for for Drew Brees and then for those who echoed his sentiments when it came to kneeling for the flag, just thinking about the flag, I'm hoping that him and a lot of his fans or, or people that are just into sports were, were educated as to why this was going on. Because you and I knew from the jump it had nothing to do with the flag, and, and people that supported it mostly did, but clearly he didn't. So, because he's making those dumbass comments, but now it seems like he understands. So, I'm not defending Drew Brees, and, and don't get me wrong, I definitely think it's tone deaf, but I, I'm glad that there was a good teaching moment there. I think you said that really well. I'm much more on your side today after reading his response to the president than I was after the initial apology. Oh, no, I thought the initial apology was, was just a PR bullshit, like, oh, fuck, I'm, I want to be... A PR, it was protecting his legacy was the apology. I think this was a little bit more genuine. I do, too, and I'll read this to you right now because President Trump obviously said, you know, I like Drew Brees and whatever, but, you know, he should not have to apologize for defending this you know, incredible flag or whatever. Magnificent, I think, was the word Trump used. So Drew Brees responds poignantly to this. To at real Donald Trump, through my ongoing conversations with friends, teammates, and leaders in the black community, I realize this is not an issue about the American flag. It has never been. We can no longer use the flag to turn people away or distract them from the real issues that face our black communities. We did this back in 2017, and regretfully, I brought it back with my comments this week. We must stop talking about the flag and shift our attention to the real issues of systemic racial injustice, economic oppression, police brutality, and judicial and prison reform. We are at a critical juncture in our nation's history. If not now, then when? So what are your responses to that? I thought that was a lot more, like I said right before you said it, I mean I read it of course, I just thought it was a lot more genuine than his first apology. And you know, it's upsetting that all this had to happen, but the systemic racism goes far beyond our judicial system. I mean, it goes into our financial and economic system, but you got to start somewhere, right? Oh, totally. Um, yeah. And I guess we'll work on the economics and whatnot after after that we solve this. But I thought it was a lot more genuine. And again, I think I said everything I had to say. Hopefully, he's more educated and and his eyes have been open to this. And hopefully. A lot of his fans, because I'm sure he's got well over a million followers on whatever platform that is, hopefully they read that and understood it. And if they didn't read it, it's probably because they can't read. <laughs> Strong and probably true. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm with you, man. I, I echo all your sentiments there. I, I didn't like the PR. It felt like a PR stunt for the p- apology. But you know what? The more that I think about it and I try to you know, divide myself from some of my cynical thoughts and ways about human beings i do think that don't get me wrong somebody could have typed that for him and he could have copy pasted but at the very least he put it out on his own platform i don't think he'd respond to the president of the united states with something and have somebody write it for him i think that he had conversations with teammates who he loves 
with people who are in the sports world or outside of the sports world who really care about him and he really cares about. And he listened to the people in his community at a protest saying, fuck Drew Brees, and said, you know what? Maybe I do need to finally do my homework. Because, like you said, we always knew it was not about the flag. And you know what if the you thing is? More- mm-hmm. That's another major problem, bringing it back to our country as a whole. If you're going to speak on something, make sure you do your homework first. And it's not just this, but anything, please, if you have a voice of that carries some weight, even you and I do, and that's why we took so long to do this, is because we wanted to make sure we were right before we went out there and made a fool of ourselves like Drew Brees did. Exactly. And I do think that that's you know, a problem. Everybody's rushing to get to their point. And you know what? And I will say this. That's just the way even the world he- is in the instant gratification Twitter world, right? Oh, totally. I mean, it's more so now than ever, obviously. And, and I'll say this, too. Let's just play devil's advocate and say that Drew Brees actually really didn't want to apologize, felt baited into it. And, you know, he shouldn't have to apologize for his views. If those are your views, they you, you're wrong. They're insensitive. They're not correct. They're very biased. But if they're your views, you are an American citizen, He's a free American citizen. With the right to your enti- to your entitled thoughts, but you know don't what? apologize. At the same don't time, don't back down though. At, yes, unless you believe it. But at the same time, if you, those are your views and you're going to voice them publicly, you may have to pay the consequences for that. Exactly. And I'm not saying that he, he should did. go and get jumped by you know 30 people, but then there's going to be a protest saying "fuck Drew Brees" in New Orleans, or maybe all of his teammates that you know michael thomas just broke a bunch of records maybe he asked for a trade saying i don't want to be on a team with this guy and it's going to hurt drew Brees' chances of another super bowl and it's going to hurt his wallet too so i mean you know i'm hoping that it what those aren't his opinions anymore i'm hoping that he was genuinely educated well it sounds like the conversations he had with his teammates and, and his peers really did make a difference because you see um Michael Thomas retweeted Breeze's response to President Trump and said, and in big caps, like, my QB. So he obviously did a 180, and I'm sure it was because of a conversation they had I'm that sure really awesome. turned the tide. I'm sure whoever Drew Breeze needs to be good with, he's good with now. I agree. I agree. Um, another football voice that I want to talk to you about a little bit, because I think it got buried a little and didn't have as much of a carry because of what Breeze's impact is on the league. But I'm not even going to go into Roger Goodell, if you don't mind. I mean, that's a complete shit show, and it shows how horrible of a person he is. But I want to talk about Vic Fangio, the head coach of the Denver Broncos. who Goodell, had Goodell why talk about him? He's, he's, he's a robot. That's kind of my thought. But Vic Fangio's not. And, and he said, you know, I haven't witnessed any racism, to which – it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? There's Slow four down. head coaches and two GMs who are, who are of color. So you're not seeing any racism, bro? Like, again, he had to walk that back, and he said he apologized. But it's like, that's just, to me, that's you're just being stupid. Yeah, some Vic of these Fangio. coaches who fail. Vic Fangio. Some of these coaches that fail. Who's white. Just oh, didn't, I didn't see any? I didn't see any yet because you haven't experienced it, and you haven't opened your eyes. Well, that's exactly it, man. Like, you know, these head coaches that get fired or don't have success in the league and they're kind of recycled out for more like, you know, 
kind of the similar kind of mold of, of head coaches. You wonder why they're not successful or why. And it's, you know, football more than any other sport, you're a leader of men. You know, you need to galvanize your team of 53 men, not counting all the practice squad players, and, and really get them to buy into your message. And no wonder guys like Vic Fangio don't succeed because they're not even in tune with the landscape of the league. So how do you motivate teams when you don't even understand something as simple and crystal clear as the bias and, and you know, overarching racial divide of the National Football League I in mean, the higher end positions. Like, I what? mean, it's, it's the way this country is on a much smaller scale, right? We're supposed to be united. We're supposed to have a leader that unites us and gets us ready for anything, just like a head football coach. And if they're completely blind to it or just ignorant, then it's not going to work out. And no wonder it's taken 40 years for him to get his first coaching job, right? Head coaching job in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. And yep. the Broncos weren't too good last year, and I think he's definitely on the hot seat if they don't have a good year this year. It's bad. And, and I don't we're think... just talking about playing, not just his right. fucking views of the world. Yeah, and again, like I think that you can you can be – you don't have to be one. You're, you don't have to be both, rather. Like I don't think he's a racist. I just think he's ignorant. Yeah. I just don't think he he look like you said it perfectly. He doesn't look at things like that. That's not being a bad person. That's just being an ignoramus. Absolutely, and it all goes back to if you have a platform, whether it's Vic Fangio's size, whether it's our size, or whether it's Drew Brees' size. Um, just be educated before you speak. And, yep. don't, and don't go in with a blind view. Because I think that's the ignorance right there. If you're going to speak on something, you want to sound educated and enlightened, and he just sounded stupid. They're a really good point. Yep. A lot of people want to have that initial response, and I think, you know, like a position of a head football coach of an NFL team, there's only 32 of those guys, so your voice is going to carry, whether you're in New York, whether you're in Denver, whether you're in Green Bay. And if you're not educated enough to make those kind of decisions or make the right comments, I mean, you don't have to even really know what's going on to just say the right thing. And I think that's what's really disturbing to me when you see these prominent figures who are who have been around the block that have seen a lot. I mean, you don't have to say anything profound. You don't have to say anything, you know, break the Internet worthy. You just have to say the right thing. And it's not and it's amazing how difficult that is for so many of these people. Yeah, and, and it's funny because a lot of these guys that are like that are very unsuccessful, especially now at today's age. And the coaches that are more open-minded, enlightened, and really give a fuck, they're winning championships. Look at Steve Kerr, look at Greg Popovich, look at the coaches in the NFL, MLB as well. Those are the ones that are winning because, you know what, they're good people and they know how to lead. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have to say about that. Vic Fangio, I don't believe that his apology was very honest. So, I mean, listen, he's going to get fired by probably the end of this season or next anyway. So I hope you enjoyed your time. <laughs> and the, and it's it, funny man. because the only thing he's going to be remembered for is this comment. Yeah, true. You know, that he can and get his okay high school. His high school can make him, you know, can add him to the wall of fame all they want, but doesn't matter. And I don't even think he's going to be remembered as a great defensive coordinator. These, this one comment is what's going to be uh, metaphorically on his gravestone. 
it's crazy to think about that, right? But you're so you're so correct in that statement. Like he wasn't. I didn't think he was vicious. I didn't think he was angry. I didn't think he was being a racist or a bad guy. But you're just stupid. And sometimes you just you you don't have to be a bad guy to just realize how stupid you are and how that in itself is a problem. Yep. Sometimes it's worse to be stupid, honestly. Um, So I got to ask you kind of a loaded question before we move on to talk about some of the progress in the sports world. Not much as far as societally, because you you did a great job plugging the website and and how to really listen. I think we've had a great conversation about it. But from the sports aspect of it, where do we go from here? Like, what do we see? Do we see our athletes become, you know, much more empowered? Do we see the white athletes taking the role of some of these leadership jobs instead of kind of just supporting? Like, what do you what do you look at? Because we mentioned from the get go that this kind of felt different. So what do you think about that? Well, first off, I want to speak as a country as a whole again, and just okay. to, just to cap it off, and I think where do we go sure. from here is, remember what happens in November, please, all those people who are disgusted with what's going on, please remember what's coming in November, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go vote, please. Um, Seriously. That's, that's where we go from here. That's, aside from donating... And doing your part as an American citizen, that's basically, in my opinion, the first major step that has to be taken aside from at a small level, mayor, at a mayoral level of cities and counties and whatnot, making police reform and whatnot, mm-hmm. you need to vote. Um, that's all I have to say about that. Hopefully you agree with me. I think you do. Of course I do. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I just figured we covered that a lot earlier. But I just want right. to reiterate it because it's so important. You're right. Yep. No, it is. You're 100 percent right. I'm on board with that. Um, as for a sports thing, I think some really the prominent players, I think, are what's gonna what's gonna make an impact, and I think they're gonna think of a really creative way to peacefully protest even on the court. And you know, the first guy to do it has been shunned from the league. We've talked about it for years. How many should I've listed? How many shitty quarterbacks over Kaepernick are there? But if LeBron starts doing it, you're not going to cut him. You're not going to replace him. Um, but yeah, I think there's going to be some white dudes and some foreign dudes and whatnot that that feel the same way. And I look at a guy in the NBA that just first came to mind, like JJ Redick. I'm interested to see what he's going to do because he is a very prominent guy in the league, super well spoken. And I think he's just a smart dude, um, and I'm interested to see what he's going to do. I think he's been in the league forever, and when it comes to the NBA, because the, at the NBA is like the forefront of innovation and moving forward and whatnot, I'm interested to see what guys like him are going to do to start pushing this cause and moving forward. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a great point, and I I was going to go there as well. I I think what we need to see across the landscape of all sports is the prominent white players who are in position of leadership, you know, quarterbacks, starting pitchers, um, you know, point guards, whatever, head coaches, GMs, they need to do the same thing, and they need to lead. Because one thing that I think we've seen is white athletes have had no problem following their African-American teammates in, in who are leading a cause or leading a protest or leading, you know, just a demonstration. I think the next step but is I, taking the lead. Exactly. And I do think that's going to start happening. 
because you're 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 too integrated you know you're you're way too involved in each other's lives and you share a locker room you share a common goal and there is no more room for division it's not hey you know i don't want to talk to him because he's never had to deal with it and i know he's not a bad guy but you know he really doesn't understand no tell me how to understand even if i physically can't tell me why let me do this. Let me lead you out on the field, and exactly. I'm going to take a knee at the 50-yard line. Because on a human-to-human human level, we're all different, and we all have different experiences, and we're all just trying to understand each other. So let's just get after that. And I think guys like J.J. Redick and Joe Harris and a few others that have a prominent name in this league move into the foreign guys. You're talking about the Joker, Noli, however you pronounce Jokic, yeah, that's it. Yep. A few Jokic, other guys yeah. like that. Um you know, Tyler Harrow um, on the Miami Heat. I'm basically just naming all the white guys in the league. Um, <laughs> all of them need to, um, you know, they, they need to stand up and, and, and make their voices heard as well. Just to show, not even to, to take over in this protest or whatever, just to show unity. Yeah, and show that this problem means as much to you as it does to you you know, your African-American friends, teammates, colleagues, because that is like you and I said from the jump of this podcast. Is Kyle Corbin we still rattled. in the league? That's another white guy. I don't think he is. Well, he might be. I think actually he might have been on the Bucks for a little bit. Him I can't too. remember. Him too. But we'll put him on the list too, even as a former player. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, we, we mentioned from the jump of like how disturbed we were, how angry we were, how depressed we were. You know, and still are. I mean, it, this hasn't, the emotions haven't changed for me, at least. I know they probably haven't for you. You know, you can't let it dictate your entire way of trying to go about your daily life because we all have things we're trying to accomplish. But in the back of your mind, you should be upset. It's depressing, this should man. upset you. It is. This is not something that should be going away in two or three weeks. This I, is not I'm something upset, that should go away in two or three months. Emotionally, I'm just more sad. Oh, yeah. Well, because you can't see an image like that and not feel unbelievable sorrow, especially knowing that so much has been attempted to be done and nothing gets done. And I swear to God, if I hear one more person say thoughts and prayers, get out of here with your thoughts and prayers. They don't matter. Action matters. If you want to pray, good for you, but that's not a course of action. No. <laughs> okay? That's not getting anything done. So And people stop start... looting. That's the one thing. It ruins that's everything needs else. to stop. Yeah, that's not that's not you know. People that are looting are not trying to make an Floyd. impact. They're trying to get gear. Okay. Yeah, and also you know it's like those are followers. Those are people that you don't need to pay attention to. Stop worrying about that. Pay more attention to the peaceful protesters because right. that's the overwhelming majority of these people. Yes. So I think that that just needs to be said and that needs to be understood. And don't let any of what the media promotes be your be the basis for your uh, opinions, please. Do it yourself. Think about the cause. Don't forget about George Floyd. Do not forget about Breonna Taylor. Do not forget about all of the other lives lost because of police brutality and racial injustice. That's what I want to say on that. Absolutely. And big shout out to Steven Jackson, who was. Um, oh, I love him. Friends with George Floyd. And um, he's pretty much the head of this, too. He is so intelligent and well-spoken and galvanizing man i mean and you know his accountability too you know he talks about his mistakes a lot to get to where he is and i think that transparency is just so important and so cool it's awesome i mean 
the guys made public mistakes. He was in the stands during the Malice in the Palace. Um, he's made a few more, but you know what? It got him to where he is today, and he's killing it on his podcast, and he's got a huge platform, and he's doing a great job, both him and Matt Barnes. Yep, and, and those are the kind of voices that, you know, everybody should listen to, whether you're a basketball fan, whether you're not a basketball fan, whether, you know, you don't even know who they are, listen to the All the Smoke podcast. Listen to two former NBA players, African Americans, talk about life, talk about experience, talk about everything that they have to offer because they're incredibly thoughtful, incredibly brilliant. And when you get off of this podcast, go queue up one of theirs. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so. This is a sports podcast. We have to talk about that. We got to talk pop culture every once in a while. And we got to talk the world every once in a while. But that's enough. Everybody go out and vote. I already said it. I think me and you should be saying it until the day that it comes. Um, Let's open every pod with it, man. Yes, I completely agree with you. Um, Let's move on to some sports. We might have some live sports to talk about. We do have some live sports to talk about. Still a little bit of time to wait, but at least we know something is coming, right? We're not in the dark anymore. We do. It started with the NHL uh, two weeks ago almost, um, approving a plan where there will be 24 teams competing for the Stanley Cup. There's going to be – they're just going to end the regular season. They're going to go straight into the postseason with a qualifying round, round robin games. They're going to be two hub cities. They haven't determined a date yet. But I do think – I know we're not big hockey guys. We hardly talk NHL on this podcast. I think we, we've done it twice, and after only the two Stanley Cup <laughs> victories. But, well, again, we don't talk about what we don't know, so there it is. Right. But Perfect what we example. do know about this is that they got the ball rolling. And yeah. I want to give Gary Bettman, and I want to give the Players Union, and I want to give all the executives a big standing O for taking the initiative – coming together, finding a plan that works, and whenever they do start this season, you know, they they are the trendsetters. And for the, you know, how we identify as really the fourth league in, of the four major sports, they were number one here, and I think that was really fucking awesome. That is awesome, man. Uh, shout out to the NHL for doing that, getting the ball rolling. Uh, they were the first domino. Where do you think um, the cities are going to be? Because basketball courts are all over the place. There's gyms all over the place. Like they're obviously we're gonna talk about the NBA. They're doing it in Orlando. Where are like where are the hockey where's the hockey rink capital of America? Is my question. <laughs> a lot of the northern about, cities. All I hear about is how oh it's so tough to get on the ice everywhere and you know my kid I gotta drive my kid at six o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, two hours just to get to their hockey practice. And, I mean, geez, I, I could tell you there's probably for every hockey rink, and that's not even talking about a professional grade one, but for every hockey rink, there's probably 50, 60, 100 basketball arenas around here, or courts or gyms. No, you're 100% right. So the speculation is, and it has been for a little bit now, that they're kind of zeroing in on a place around like Duluth or uh, Fargo, North Dakota, as one of them. Um, okay. You know, They'll probably look to do something not in the real south, but maybe something in like a, I don't know, like more in like an Arizona kind of spot or something hey, not like the, that. Not They're the gonna, sexiest location, but who cares? You're not trying to get fans to go out there anyways, right? Exactly. I don't know if you can do Canada because Canada's borders are still closed. And I also think that even when they lift it, like they, they have 
you can't have your you know teams bouncing back and forth between countries. So I think you're either going to have both in Canada or you're going to have both in the United States. And I think you know one of Gary Bettman's biggest accomplishments was growing the game in the United States uh, since he took over as commissioner. So. I think that they're going to have two hub cities and in te- classic NHL fashion, they're not going to be huge ones, yeah. but they're going to be logistically sensible. They're going to make sense. The players are on board. Coaches are on board. And I think that's really what matters. Let's get after it, man. Let's get after it. Um, I'm excited for that. Looking forward to a date. I got a feeling it'll probably coincide right around when the NBA starts, right? I think so because I think I know what they're their also seasons trying to do. Are, their seasons go hand in hand, anyways, basically. Pretty much, yeah. I know one thing that they're trying to figure out is how it's going to impact next season. So, like, you know, if you start the season, let's just say it coincides with the NBA, you start it either July thirty first when the NBA is, or August first, and you're going to go through, um, you know, October. early, uh, yeah, early to mid October. Okay, like, when are you going to start your next season? November? Yeah, they like, need a little that's, time, that's, right? That's hard. So, excuse me, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Um, but And that's what they're trying to figure out. And that's kind of why I like that they didn't put a date in yet, because they just want to, you know, cross their T's, dot their I's, and make sure that they have everything, not just for this season, but also the 2020-2021 season when that starts. Absolutely. All right. So let's move into one that uh, you and I love a little bit more, and that is the NBA, baby. They are back, and they have a date. I can, I'm so excited. It's awesome, right? Yesterday I saw a Bleacher Report. The announcement came down. They are playing in Disney World, but they are not allowed to go to the parks. They're not allowed to ride the rides. That sucks. <laughs> Talk about the ultimate, what do they have those things called, the fast pass, where you can just cut the line yeah. and pay extra? Talk about the ultimate yeah. fast pass. Honestly, it's sad, but that crossed my mind. I was like, oh, that's going to be sick for those guys. They get to just fuck around in Disney World with their entire family while they're while they're in quarantine and, and playing basketball. But It'd be like the best summer camp ever. Right? I mean, it goes from their kids having the worst summer ever to having literally the greatest summer ever, but... Unfortunately, that's not going to happen, and just basketball we played down there. But, hey, you know what? I wasn't going down anyway, so I'm not that mad. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll find a way to figure it out um, and get over it. But you're right. I mean, I, that kind of that kind of crossed my mind, too. I was like, wow, what a cock tease that is. You're going to be at <laughs> Disney World, and you got Universal Studios. And I thought about it even before then, bro. I thought about it when they first said Orlando was when it was most likely going to be the place. I was like, oh, that's going to be dope. <laughs> They're going to be able to ride all those rides, whatever, but nope. And talk about like no. the greatest amusement park ever created, and it's just right in front of you, and you just got to stare at it. Not to be, not to be. But what do you think about the structure? You know, 22 teams, they're going to start July 31st with eight regular season slash playing games. The season end date is targeting October 12th. So you're, what, that's like week five of the NFL season. If that starts on time, then you got the draft lottery set for August 25th and the draft for October 15th, three days after the draft. Or three days, days after, after the, the end of the season, yeah. rather. Yep. Yeah, um, I love it because then basketball can start right up on Christmas Day. I believe that's when it's starting. I think that's when basketball should start anyways, go a little bit deeper into the summer. I know these guys are going to lose their summer, which sucks, but that's too bad. It's good for me. Um, and I think they can really own those lull months where all you have is baseball, and even though you and I are big-time baseball guys, America is not. So 
I think that's huge. Um, now, with the eight regular season games slash play-in games, and there's 22 teams, are 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 the one through eight seeds still locked in, or are they basically playing for those? Like, uh, that's the only thing I need a little brushing up on is what's the deal? Why is there 22 teams there? Do the last what is it eight teams really have, or whatever number it is, do they really have a genuine shot at making it? Well, they think they do, and they also, you know, want to include certain teams who are on the very cusp of possibly being a playoff team. So, you know, you've got the Wizards, who are only a couple games back of the Magic. The Nets only lead the Magic, I think, for the seven spot over the eight by like a game or a half a game. So there's going to be a lot of jockeying for position. Kyrie and KD both aren't playing, right? No, I'll talk about that in a little bit, because I think that's something to to bring up just at the end here. But... um, I do believe that, you know, the NBA wants Zion in there, and the Pelicans currently would not be a playoff team. So let them have a chance for it. You know, the top teams probably won't matter much anyway, but, you know, in that fighting for the eight seed, fighting for the seven seed, you know, the jockeying per, for position to see who you might end up being played, it incentivizes these teams to Is still Lillard go out there? and play hard. Huh? Is Portland in there? Uh, no, I don't think so. That sucks. I, I I love Lillard. So or maybe they might be. I'm not a hundred percent sure if they're in that group or not. I know they were the only team to vote against uh, the this current proposal and format, but I think that they kind of did it knowing that it would be the case. So I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but I know Memphis is there. I know Sacramento is there. I know New Orleans is there. Uh, San Antonio is there. Um, because what they did was they kind of looked at the landscape of the league and was like, okay, we're going to take 22 teams, but there's like five extra Western teams, and I think only the Wizards made it out of the East. Rightfully so. Yeah, that weren't with the Nets and the Magic at the bottom of the conference uh, playoff picture. Yeah, rightfully so. I, I don't want to watch Knicks anymore. Uh, I was done with the Knicks when COVID happened. Well, your, your offseason officially begins. So. Yes, thank you. Thank you for that. But no, I, I like this. I like this. And, you know, I do believe that, you know, I get the NHL wanting to go right to the playoffs, and they're going to do more of a, a much different and more quirky kind of format style. But I think the NBA, you know, get a couple regular season games in there. It's hard to go right to the playoffs. And, you know, de- determining, like I saw, like the if the Nets fall out of the eight seed, they're going to have to play a one game to see if they're able to stay in this playoff format. If they not, they lose. So, you know, you got eight games to figure your shit out. Or they can move up to the sixth seed, possibly. Or, you know, drop to eight. There's a lot of different scenarios that can be played out. So, you know, these teams are going to have to figure it out quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yep, absolutely. I think Portland might be in there, though. Okay. To be honest with you, I'm looking for it right now. And I, I think Portland's in there, which would be interesting. You're right. It would be cool to see Lillard, right? Yeah, and, and you never know what's going to happen. I mean, that guy can get 50 any time. For sure. And I think, you know, they're four games out or three and a half games out with eight to play. So, you know, they're definitely – it's going to be a stretch for them to get in there, but give them a shot at least. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm excited about it, man. And I think this is really going to possibly set things up for the NBA to to switch the schedule up to to it being like this. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I know you and I have talked about it. And speculation a little bit you're fine with this right like you i know you said the summer it's great for the summer would you miss it in like 
you know, because I, I don't think they'll go all the way through October going forward. They'll probably go through like Labor Day. But do, would you miss it in October and November and early December? Or would you be like, no, I'd much rather have it in the summer? No, I'd rather have it in the summer. When there's no, I mean, selfishly, when there's nothing going on. Yeah. You know, when there's absolutely nothing going on, I yeah, the Trailblazers are in there. I, I've got the list here. If you want me to rattle it off for you real quick. Who are the bottom? Who are the bottom ones? Like outside of the sixteen that are already there. Well, it's in alphabetical order, so I'll just go. Celtics, okay. Nets, Mavs, Nuggets, Rockets, Pacers, Clippers, Lakers, Grizzlies, Heat, Bucks, Pelicans, Thunder, Magic, Sixers, Suns, Trailblazers, Kings, Spurs, Raptors. Jazz and Wizards. So the per the Spurs snuck into the playoffs. I guess you would call it too. Yeah, I, I, me- I mentioned them earlier. I knew they got in seven with the Kings. I didn't realize the Suns did, but good for them. I mean, listen, they have an attractive young roster that could do some damage if they if they really wanted to. Yeah, they just need a point guard down there. <laughs> they've had they've needed one for a long time. Yes, um, I, I, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be an awesome experiment. Forced by COVID, I don't think any of this would have ever happened um, pre-COVID, but it'll be a great experience. It was forced, and you know we'll see the level of enthusiasm for games being played that late and and, and games being played in the in the summer. I think it's going to be crazy. I do too, and you know what? It might be it might be a mix of people just being even non NBA fans just being so thirsty for sports. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know what? I don't give a shit if it gets them to move it to the summer, which I'm all for. So I have more than just baseball to watch. Then then so be it. I love it. I really do because you know, in a regular world. You know, on a Saturday or Sunday, the Yankees have, what, a 1 o'clock game, maybe a 4 o'clock game? And then what else do you have to watch? Absolutely nothing. There'd be nothing cooler than, like, the Yankees playing a 1 o'clock game on a Saturday, and, you know, you've got three or four playoff games the rest of the day, night, and then you've got Sunday lined up, too. And I'm like, yes, like, give me all of that. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm I'm super excited for that. I'm happy for them to get it done, and... Um, I'm excited for the 25th as well with the draft lottery, which is the most important day of my NBA season, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was talking to Frenchie about it, and he was like, you know, this is the year the Knicks are going to get the number one pick. Yeah, because the, one, the weakest draft. draft. <laughs> and nobody's paying attention. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I've been saying that all year. This is going to be the year. And moving forward to 2022, when you have the double draft, where you have the best one-and-done players as well as the best high school players coming in, the Knicks will probably pick 11th. (laughs) And this year they're going to get the one pick. Um, Let's talk about our two teams real fast. I'm going to let you start because I'll I'll talk about Kyrie and KD in a second. But I want to get your thoughts. Apparently uh, Thibodeau is the number one choice for the Knicks, and I know the Knicks are his number one. Do you would you be happy with that? Would you rather Atkinson? Uh, what direction do you guys think you're going to go? Uh, I think the Knicks are going to go for more of a name. Atkinson's not as much of a name. I know he did good work with Brooklyn, and I liked what he did. I think he was just gone more because they were moving into a different phase of that team with the two superstars being on there. Um, and I think he's more of a young player development guy. Um, 
You know what? I we went Fizdale. I was excited for the young player development, although he was more of a Fugazi young player development guy, in my opinion. Um, yeah, he never really proved that. Yeah, yeah. People just said that, and I went along with it, and I drank the Kool Aid, and I'm not doing that again. To be honest, I, I heard Mike <laughs> Woodson buzz. We did that already, and he also hasn't been a head coach or really been in the league in a, in a minute, and it might have passed him by, to be honest. So I really don't want Mike Woodson, no disrespect to the guy. Um, I want Thibodeau. I want a proven guy. I, I could care less that um, that his, his, um, his track record, I guess, you'll go with. Because you know what? He is. He has been said to grind players into the ground, but these guys are young. We have a very young team, and he gets the most out of young teams. Offensively, eh, but defensively, yes, and he develops these guys. And superstars don't really like him because he makes them play hard, but guess what the Knicks don't have? A superstar. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, you don't have to worry about him rubbing a superstar the wrong way because he doesn't have one. I mean, I think the biggest issue that he had in Chicago was he developed that team and then D Rose just became too big. And then, you know, you can't, and then Jimmy, although Jimmy Butler and him kind of always seem to be okay with each other because Butler, you know, is a dog. I think what ruined that Minnesota deal was the fact that I'm talking about the Bulls. No, I know. I I was just going to say, I think Butler left because he, he didn't really want to deal with D Rose anymore. Yeah, I don't know I if think, it was as much Thibodeau. No, you're right because he wanted because then Thibodeau came back to Minnesota and he was all for it. But the reason right. why he left Minnesota is because he said Wiggins and and Towns were soft. Exactly, and I think you know when you have that kind of hard nosed coaching and you don't want to be a hard nosed player, and you're you know they're what I call Cat and and Wiggins are kind of like de facto superstars, right? Like they're number one picks. They're high up there. Numbers. They're they're supposed to be superstars, but they're not superstars. Numbers so they for walk Towns, around not like, so much for Wiggins. Numbers for Towns. Exactly. Though. But that's the thing, right? So like Thibodeau's trying to coach them like they're young players, but they think they're superstars, so there's a disconnect there. Um, the Knicks don't have anybody like that, and I do think that Thibodeau, what you guys really need is, to, is a new identity, and I do think Atkinson would help do that too after seeing what he did for Brooklyn because it wasn't just the young player development. He got a lot out of you know eight former good players or aging players who are at a crossroads in their career and kind of rejuvenated them or put them in positions of leadership and to really be really revitalize their careers. Yeah. So I think either one would be good, but Tibbs will just I'd be happy team. with either He'll, one. I see Tibbs as if you're talking baseball terms, I see Tibbs as more of a uh, a guy that comes in right before a Joe Torrey, you know, a Buck Showalter. He sets mm-hmm. the team up for success, and I know they're not anywhere near where the Yankees were in 1995. But I mean, I'm I'm hoping that they get to that position. And the other thing I'm hoping with the Knicks, aside from you know crossing my fingers and and hoping that they do get the number one pick, just because I mean, fuck it, if you can get it, get it. Trade out of it if you don't like the guy. Go for Lamelo a little bit later if that's who you really want. I'm all for it. I love Lamelo, um, but. I think that they need to really look at this roster and just get rid of these fucking power forwards. How about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think what the Knicks need more than anything, and I don't care how they get there, they just need to get there, is establish some semblance of a culture that doesn't revolve around your owner kicking fans out and, you know, players 
you know, good players with, ta- with you know, some talent just fading away and never really developing. Or leaving. Right. You know, if you have a Kevin Knox, you know, he should be getting better. You know, Barrett, I think we both agree. I mean, there is a serious drop-off between Morant, Zion, and then him. But he's still going to be a damn good player. And if you don't put anything around him, he's just going to fade away. And Neil Kina, you know, if you get a, a, a Tibbs, Tibbs is going to come and say, your job is to play lockdown defense and run this team Listen, on a if, second if Neil Akina can become a 3-and-D guy because his shot has really developed, then I think that that pick, obviously I'm so mad about it because we don't have Donovan Mitchell, but it might be able to be salvaged a little bit. The guys I obviously want to focus on are the same guys I wanted to focus on this season. Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, R.J. Barrett, Neil Akina, and you know I like Alonzo Trier. Yep, I know you're a Trier guy. Yeah, and I think, you know, if, if Tips comes in and, you know, he wants to keep Taj Gibson around as a role player, you know, that's not a bad thing. Morris is already gone. Get rid of Bobby Portis. Julius Randle's going to be hard to trade because of that contract, but we know in the NBA any contract is tradable. But get rid of Bobby Portis. You get all rid of all those like-minded guys. And the other, get, thing, uh, the other thing I think the Knicks should do, and, and this is why I might be leaning more towards Kenny Atkinson now that I think about it, is I think that they should take the Brooklyn Nets model and just be basically the garbage disposal for these other teams. There's just so many ways to do that, and that doesn't if you, involve if you make a trade, one-year contracts. If you make a trade and and you take a Timothy Mozgov, I mean, you get a D'Angelo Russell out of it. I mean, that's pretty damn good, right? It's really good. You know, the Nets kind of had to do it because they didn't have any fucking picks. But you know, to your point, though, that's What's the how difference. You're, able you're still to acquiring young talent, and if the Knicks aren't going to be able to draft well, let's take a somewhat proven guy like a Russell. Yeah, who wasn't at all proven when they brought him over. I mean, no, you saw the talent at the NBA level. They gave up on him, yeah. But, you know, you you try to put young players, because we know this in the NBA more than any other sport. Young players get pushed aside so damn quickly, especially if they were high high guys that didn't find immediately, you know, immediate success. Well, yeah. Young players players in the NBA are like cars. I mean, the 2019 model is old news now, right? Yeah, that's a perfect analogy. Uh, I definitely agree with that. I mean, the Lakers were just ready to move on Alonzo so fast that they had no problem. Even you know, they didn't even consider trying to build a backcourt of him and of him and D'Angelo Which Russell. Been nice. Right, but they were just like, nope, we we can't keep Mozgov. And there's a team who can accumulate that, and then you know they take a chance on Russell. And, and I definitely think the Knicks can do that. Um, you know, Chris Paul's an interesting name, and obviously he's he's a bona fide, legit player. You got Leon Rose him. in there. More I thought about No, it. I think he would, because the more that you think about it, right, like culture is the thing you're trying to build. If you have the president of the players union, you go in there, and really, he's not, he might make you guys a playoff team. Look what he's done with the Thunder this year. Yeah, absolutely. And man. That's really I wouldn't mind seeing need. him in there. And again, taking on his contract, he's only got, I think, a year or two remaining. I'm not that sour on it at this point. No, and he's a guy that matters. If he goes to New York and he plays well and he talks good about the young players or he says it's a great place to play, he's a player who actually that matters, you know, not Marcus Morris. Um, Anything else you want to say on your Knicks? I know we'll have plenty of months to go, you know, talk about possibilities for them. Nah, man, that's pretty much it. It's been a while since we talked basketball. I'm glad we can get back into it and – I'm status quo with the Knicks. Let's build a culture, and let's develop these young players. I agree. Um, I'm going to talk about my Nets real fast, get your opinions on it. Um, 
I never believed that Katie or Kyrie were going to play this year. Kyrie's, remember, still coming off of that shoulder surgery where he wasn't supposed to be ready till September. And even though he's posting cryptic posts of him playing out in L.A. and doing whatever, which is what Kyrie does, I never thought he would come back and play. It's not about this season, even if this season is totally different. And I wasn't surprised that they came out and said that their seasons are over and that they're not going to play. And honestly, the more I think about it, they should. Because would it be cool to win or like have a chance to win with two of the top ten players in the league? Yeah, no doubt. But only if they're healthy. And if I swear to God, one of them ends up getting more hurt. You know, you can't ramp up an Achilles injury to go play some playoff games in a bubble. You know, like... Katie's legacy is too important to him to have it wasted and possibly disrupted on something like this. He had no problem doing it in game five of the finals when his team was down, but he's not going to do it in this situation. And as much fun and as antsy as I am to see these guys play together, do it next year. And for the next two years after that, you know, I still want to see how the young nucleus of this team, you know, responds to some kind of weird situation like this and, and, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. I didn't expect them to play, and the more I think about it, I'm glad they're not, even though the fan in me, the fanboy, as you'd like to say, really wants to see him. So what you, would you take away from that? Same page as you, man. I think that if KD and Kyrie were both individually, in their own opinions, fully healthy, and they thought that they had a legitimate chance at snatching the title, that they would. But I don't think either of them feel that they're ready, and I don't think that they think that they have a chance. I don't think they think they have a chance at the title. That's that. That's a really good way to phrase it. Yeah, they probably know this team, and they're like, you know, this isn't going to be the group that gets us a title. So let's not let's not do it right now. Why I would risk like it? to see them there, though. I would like to see them there. Yeah, let's hope they show up. You know, that at least it's like, hey, you know, your leaders of the team go down there. You're all going to be with, you know, you're going to be with all the other superstars and your bo- and your boys in the league too, so that would be kind of good. But that's really just my thought. Kyrie's not that's... showing up. Come on. He didn't show up to his own team's playoff games when he was in Boston. That's a really good point, yeah. Well, maybe KD will convince him. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not going to speculate too much about the Nets because their season's not over yet. So we'll see, you know, what, the, what dominoes fall. Uh, when they uh, finally fall out of the bubble. Um, MLB continues to suck. Uh, This is just (laughs) getting... It's gone from bad to worse, man. What more can I say? What's our cutoff day here? Well, I mean, I think the the hope of a July 4th start date is completely over. Yeah. June 6th. I mean, I still hold out hope for about another four days, but who the hell knows? I was hoping that once the NHL and the NBA got going that they would get a little heat on their ass, but that doesn't seem to be apparent at all. I just don't think they fucking care. All right. Well, Either side. I'm a soccer fan now, so fuck it. <laughs> it's just so, like, and just the level of, like, transparency that they've shown of going at each other in public and sending proposals to both to each other's sides of things that are obviously not going to get done you know like the other side's not they're not even close they're not even in the the nitty-gritty yet exactly the owners are not even they're not thinking of a 114 game season get the fuck out of here with that so the players have to know that and not send something like that in but one thing that is interesting and why I do believe there will be a season, I just don't know to what extent, is 
because of this agreement that they, you know, were together with on March 26th, if there's a season of 60 games or less, Rob Manfred can unilaterally impose that without the union's consent. So that's why you see the owners and the commissioner saying, hey, we'll play 60 games, 50 games, 48 games to, you know, you get your full prorated salaries. We'll have an expanded postseason, you know, to whatever model that is. And we'll be done, you know, October 31st. And that'll be our season. We'll start August 6th or something, play 48 or 50 games in 52 days, go right into the playoffs, and we're set. That might happen. So, you know, but again, it'd be great. It would be. But what's funny is, you know, baseball is so weird because you build a team for the regular season and then you, 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 you know, go through the postseason. The Yankees are so deep that, I mean, are you really going to run Cole out there every three days? Quite honestly, I think the Yankees are built for this. They got a huge bullpen. The bullpen's not going to get tired in 50 games. And, they got some fragile guys on the team, and if you're only playing 50 instead of 162, I think they're able to stay healthy. I, I like that. All right. That's a definitely a glass-half-full way to look at it. Yeah, I just – I don't know. Um, question for you. Does this – let's just say this happens, okay, and the, and the players reluctantly report and they play a season and you go through a postseason and eventually salaries? crowned. Well, it would be for 50 games. Okay. So on a scale of, you know, you – what you're supposed to make over 162, you would just slide that into 50. Which still um, is, I just think that whole thing is bullshit. Even if you're, even if you're a salary person, if you're, if you're not working, you're, <laughs> you're allotted hours per week, and all your vacation time is gone. You're not getting paid. So get the fuck out of here. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm with you on that, man. No doubt about it. Um, but if they do do this, you know, champions eventually crowned you look at a season because you said it perfectly we're conditioned to 162 games baseball is the ultimate war of attrition like this team always wins it's a fucking marathon think about how many times we overreact to how the yankees are playing in april and then in june and then in august and then by october they're the best team or one of the best teams in baseball and they're clicking on all cylinders it's so goddamn long does this like devalue the championship for you or do you just not give a shit and it's like this is what it is let's just fucking play crown a champion and they're the world champion for 2020 it depends if, if the yankees win or not <laughs> imagine the astros win fuck that <laughs> they're getting such a pass with this too between covid and then what's going on in the country like no one's gonna throw at them now because that just seems so insignificant yeah it was point. I mean, Jesus Christ, January of 2020 seems like 10 years ago right now. Um, 2020 has been a long decade, my friend. Yeah, right? Jesus Christ. Um, no, I, I don't put an asterisk on it. I'll honor whoever it is as champions, not that my opinion matters. Um, consensus as a whole, though, as a whole society of baseball fans, I think, I think yeah, it might have an asterisk to it. I think it's hard, right? Like, I think everybody's going to have an opinion. Oh, you know uh, what? And my, my whole point and my argument with this is it's not like, you know, let's say it's the Yankees and the Dodgers in the World Series. It's not like the Dodgers played 162 and worked their dicks off to get there. They're, it's an even playing field. So what's the difference? Yeah, and we've kind of seen this before. I mean, the 81 season had two seasons, basically. So, like, 
you know, the Dodgers won the World Series that year. That's a general consensus. The Dodgers beat the Yankees in the World Series that year. Like, nobody's arguing that. So, I mean, we had a whole argument in January about should the Astros 2017 championship be, you know, stripped and all that. And it's but like, with that, but, that but that's, that's different. And, I mean, I, I know what your point you're going into. We still recognize them as the champions, but – this is an even playing field. The Astros actually had a competitive advantage, so that's why it's different. Yeah, I was just talking about kind of like any any kind of uh, controversy that goes around a season. Whether, but you're right, that was an uneven playing field. This will be an even playing field. Um, I'm fascinated. I just hope we see it. You know, we're baseball fans enough to be like, you know what? For all the bad blood, for all the bullshit, give me 50 Yankee games. Give me a postseason. Let's see if the Yankees win. And you know what? Let people have their own opinions, but just fucking do it. All these other sports are coming together, and they're coming together because they recognize the importance. And you know what? The NFL will do that too. So baseball, you're a dying sport anyway. A lot of people don't like you until September, October. Some people don't like you at all. You better figure out a way to do this. And every week that goes by that we don't have anything, you just get more and more depressed about it. Every week that goes by, I add more things to my NYFC sports store um, cart. <laughs> and I'm go. about to click proceed to checkout, bro. I'm about to click You're it. You're getting some good gear? Yeah, you know, I got a scarf. Um, nice. Thinking about getting a flag after that. Um, and then I might get a jersey, um, maybe Ooh. some shorts and a hat. But, yeah, if, if they keep pissing me off like this, I'm moving on to soccer. Respect. Yeah. But you can't go back then. You can't, you can't, if the Yankees go on a run, you can't come back to it. You gotta no, I'll be a closet fan. <laughs> I haven't committed don't yet. Don't come on the pod proclaiming how happy you were if you gave up on them. I haven't committed yet. Like I said, you said it earlier, I'm glass half full still. I am too, um, for better or worse. Uh, anything else you want to talk about there, man? Or you want to talk about life, what you've been up to? How you feeling? I think we expressed that a lot earlier. Um, I mean, working, school, not much else to do. Um, I haven't watched much TV lately. To um, although the Netflix documentary Thirteenth Amendment or whatever it's called, you should anybody that uh, that needs to get enlightened on this systemic racism. That's another thing you should do is watch that. That's on my list for this weekend. Yeah, uh, it's a definite watch. Uh, it's a quick one, too. It's less than two hours. Um, I watched that. Let's see. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. I watched that the, on the Netflix. Uh, on the Netflix. On Netflix, I watched um, this movie called The Platform. I don't know if you saw it. It's not in no. English. It's a subtitled movie. I can't decide if it's the best movie I've ever seen or the worst. <laughs> What's it about? It's like this prison thing where there's levels and there's a hole in the floor and they send like a platform down and it starts at the top with like all this amazing food and then it gets to the bottom of like 300 platforms and there's like no food left and it's just about like survival and they move people around on platforms every month and it's uh Oh wow. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. Sounds like it. Yeah, and then I watched um I watched the other movie that the director of Parasite made. Um, it's about like uh, a train. It's called Snowpiercer. I think um, TNT, oh, I've heard did a, of it. TNT did a spin-off TV show of it. I fell asleep during it, so it wasn't that good. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's kind of the telltale sign that it didn't have your full attention. But yeah, aside from that, I've been watching uh, some old sports. I watched some Tyson fights, and I watched um, the Secretariat Triple Crown. That's that's basically it. Oh no, shit! You're pretty pretty widespread there, man. Yeah, I'm trying. I like what about it. you, man? Uh, I mentioned the Bill Simmons wanna... podcast too. That that's I've been yeah, the pods. I've been listening to a lot of pods. Um, I've found some new ones to plug the ring a little bit more. The Flying Coach Pod with Kerr and and Carol. They had That's pop great. on this week. That was a great one. It's um, gonna suck when Rogan's they're gone because all those guys have other jobs. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, Rogan's had some interesting guests lately. Uh, like I, we talked about all the all the smoke pods. So I how long does it take you to get? How long does it take you to get through a Rogan pod? Like three weeks. The guys the, got like a four hour podcast. No, it honestly depends on the guest. I mean, I pretty much only will listen when I know I have a lot of time. Um, so, like, on a Sunday or something, and I know I don't have a tremendous amount going on, I'll dedicate to, like, one of it, you know? Or if I see a guest that I'm, like, really tapped into the conversation, I am pretty much can hold my attention for that long. But others, I'm like, I got to break it up. I got to do two or three parts. Um you know, but I even feel that way with some of Simmons's pods. I mean, he had a couple that were like two and a half hours, two hours, 45 minutes long. So, yeah, um, it really is just about what the conversation is. You know, we'll do some where it's like, you know, two hours flies by and then we'll have some where it's like, wow, that was a long 45 minutes. Yeah, no, for so, sure. Anything else um, going so on? That's um, yeah, just doing a little continuing education. Um, there you go, buddy. Same for, here. You know, just trying to keep going and finally found the motivation to do that. <laughs> um, I've been asked to go out to sit outdoors at restaurants, and I think I might go with a friend tonight and have a couple margaritas outside. Hey, look I'm at you. Not sure how buddy. I feel about it, um, but it, I, I, a lot of people I know have been going through it, and I guess you, you wear a mask there. You're accompanied to your table with a mask on, and then you can take it off once you're seated, and then you have to put it back on as you as you leave. Okay. So I'm going to give that a shot tonight. I'll let you know how how it is. Have you tried anything like that? Are you kind of there mentally yet? Um, I haven't gone to a restaurant, but I have eaten a couple meals in a park. That's a little different. It's way more spread out. So now I haven't gone there yet. I'm interested. You're going to have to report back the next time we record. Um, I'm interested to hear how that goes for you. Yeah, I'm interested to see, too. Um, I, like I said, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I didn't but, know you were a margarita um, guy. Oh, I'm a big margarita guy, man. Nice. Love, love, me some, love me a good marg. I'm more of a mojito guy myself. but Mojitos are great, too. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, when I'm in the mood for margs, and, you know, my friend, she was she was like, yeah, you know, like, we should give it a shot. There's a good restaurant down uh about twenty minutes from where I live. So give that a, give that a look. And, you know, Obviously, you're going to drink responsibly, experience. right, buddy? Well, I mean, what do you think I'm doing here? Getting hammered, going behind a wheel? No, have it never done that. Won't do that. Um, what else have you have you found? Any new hobbies? Anything that you've been trying? I know we've talked off air about a couple of things. Do you want to bring it to the air, or you want to save it for another time? Um, I mean, no new hobbies. I mean, I got a new job. Uh, it's quite an interesting job. Can't really go into detail on it. Um, just given laws and whatnot. Um, I mean, going back to school, trying to trying to further my education. Um, new hobbies. I mean, I played a little bit of golf, so that's not a new hobby. And then obviously, I have my uh, my website with my 
my, my clothing line and whatnot. Um, that's still humming. But new hobbies, I mean, I tried to do a puzzle. Um, that lasted about an hour, and then I got <laughs> pissed off and accused my girlfriend of hiding pieces. Um, so that's how oh. that I don't yeah, think I didn't she, do t- I don't think she was, but I just wanted it to be over. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's quite a way to do it, man. Yeah, and that's the only way. You could take notes on that. You could take that one for yourself. <laughs> um, aside from that, not really. I mean, same old shit for me. Playing some video games when I get the time. Yep. Um, haven't found any new hobbies. What about you? Yeah, I've been trying to go outside the box a little and think of a couple of things. Uh, I thought you said you I, picked I up have... boxing for a second there. I was like, wow. No, 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 no. That would be something. And I don't think now is the time to do that. And I don't even think I could find a way to do that if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, I have been cooking. I've been cooking a little bit more because I've had time to. There you go. So uh, trying, trying some a couple new recipes. new recipes for meal prep and stuff like that instead of just doing the same old, same old because I actually have time now. Uh, I found myself cleaning apartment more often. Um, there you go. Kind of like what you were talking about a while ago because, you know, this is going to upset you to hear, but Frenchie has not been around. It's been just myself for quite some time. So Jeez. Uh, uh, I'm like, wow, I could clean a little bit more. And I was like, wow, Tom was right. You could really, you know, do this all the time. You <laughs> so, lose your mind doing it, bro. Is, uh, <laughs> I can. How's the relationship with you and French? Are you guys okay? Oh, we're doing well. He's just been quarantining with his girlfriend uh, and their dog for the last couple weeks. Listen, so, I would ditch you for a dog any day of the week. I'm not going to lie to you. Hey, I would have been very concerned if he did. So uh, I'm happy for him that he did, and you know I've been able to pass the time all right. So, um, but yeah, man, that's basically it. I can't believe we're in June already. Um, and as things start to heat up, hopefully the positive stuff heating up. Uh, we just keep a pulse on everything going on in this country. Um, we were going to do a game today, but we just decided there was too much to talk about. That was prioritizing next over pod. just rewatching a game. So next game, you mentioned it already. We're doing 2016 game seven, Cavs Warriors. Yeah, I think we got maybe two or three more games in us, and that'll lead us right into some actual un- unknown results with some live sports. Sounds awesome to me, man. So, um, so we'll shoot for that next week. Uh, any closing thoughts, or are you good to go? Everybody get out there in November and vote. Don't forget about this. I know in 2020. I know in 2020, um, we forget about things rather quickly and just brush them under the rug. But this one can't be forgotten. Let's make our voices heard. Get out there and vote. And check out the Twitter if you want to see that website to go ahead and donate. Get out there and vote. You know, go to some demonstrations if you feel compelled to. I'll close with this: listen to conversations that make you uncomfortable. Attaboy. Educate yourselves. Make sure that you're not in the dark on this. Make sure that you can formulate opinions intelligently. The don't highest... be Vic Fangio. Don't be Drew Brees. Don't do. Don't just look at this and say it's a shame. Thoughts and prayers, and carry on with your day. Yeah, this if the is, only thing dude, you're this is doing. killing our country. If the only thing you're doing is putting up a black box on Instagram, then that's not enough. No, and, and, and that's kind of the thing, right? Like, do if you are going to do that, please do them for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't do them because just, you know, you see other people doing them and you, you have FOMO. Like, just fucking do it. You know, the people who, who care about you and you care about, they know who you are and they know your motives. 
that's fine. Let that carry you. Have conviction in your decisions. But seriously, make yourself uncomfortable. Look in the mirror. Be a part of the solution. Don't just stand idly by and say, yeah, this is a bad thing and I'd like things to change. No, make them change. Have conversations like you and I did today with people you love, with people who you care about. Because we're a society. I mean, part of what, through all of this shit that does make America great, is we are such a diverse country with so many different people from so many different walks of life. And if you don't understand other people's perspectives and you don't try to really empathize and get into their mindset and were and, and understand that it's not the same way uh, for other people as it is for you, then you're, you're just kind of in your bubble and you might be comfortable in your bubble, but your bubble is not helping anybody else. Yeah. So get a little uncomfortable. That's kind of what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Just to cap it off, a wise man once told me the greatest form of education is being able to listen to someone's un- opinion, someone else's opinion, understand it, empathize with it, even if you don't agree with it. So there you go. Beautiful. I think we did. I think we took care of it all today, man. Yeah, man. Um, everybody enjoy the rest of their weekend. We'll be back with uh, some more sports. The 2016 NBA Finals. The next time we come around, Sean, it was great talking to you, buddy. You too, pal. Be safe. Everybody continue to be safe. Be good. Uh, Be part of the solution and enjoy your weekends. Yes. Be safe out there.